Welcome into a new conversation on the Retirement Wisdom Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Casey. And if you're listening to this podcast, it's a safe bet that it's been a while since you were a rookie. But how will you approach being a rookie at retirement? What will your rookie year be like? And today we'll be talking with Stephen Kreider Yoder and his wife, Karen Kreider Yoder, on their experiences, their rookie year in retirement. They had the opportunity to share their thoughts each month in the Wall Street Journal. And I think it's been one of the best things I've read about retirement this year. I do read more about retirement than the average bear. But their insights, their sharing their experiences stood out to me because I think they really have, are chronicling the key issues that crop up in that crucial first year. Karen retired two years before Steve. She was a teacher and educator, including being a professor at university. And Steve was the bureau chief of the Wall Street Journal's San Francisco Bureau. He worked for the Wall Street Journal for, I think, 38 years. You'll find a link to the Retirement Rookies column in the show notes if you're a Wall Street Journal subscriber. If you're not, I will be, starting on the day of this podcast being published, I will publish the, share the articles day by day, one, one at a time, with the free link to the journal. So you'll be able to access that. Just go to my Twitter account, Retirement Wisdom, search Retirement Wisdom on Twitter, I'll take it right there, and you'll be, see it, be able to see them day by day. Highly recommend. So without further ado, let's talk with the retirement rookies and their thoughts and experiences that could help you plan your rookie year. Karen and Steve, thank you so much for joining us. So I've been following your retirement rookies column well, from, from the first one you wrote and really benefiting a lot from it. I think you've really captured a lot of the key issues that are on people's minds about planning for retirement. As you reflect on your rookie year of retirement together, what surprised you? I'll start. We raised a number of different issues in the retirement rookies. And the thing now, a year later after starting this, the thing that has surprised me is that we really have not, we haven't solved any of our issues. (laughs) We still have a lot of challenges, a lot of concerns about retirement. And we're just, we just continue blundering along. But That's the main thing. We haven't really solved anything, but we've had a good time discussing a lot of topics that are coming up in retirement. It's almost like when we approach retirement, we've been thinking about it for 40 years, and it's this great gate that opens up and you have glorious retirement on the other side. And in fact, there's still a lot of hard hard work to do. I think for me, it's not so much the specifics as sort of this general sense of a vacuum. It's like the elephant in the room has finally left, and the elephant is what that, that central determining force that's been around ever since I was in kindergarten. It was school, it was college, it was work. Until I retired, there was this central sort of organ force that determined our schedule determined when we went on vacation, determined a lot of our friends. And now for that force to suddenly be gone, for that elephant to be out of the room is a unique feeling. And it's a little disconcerting. It it, uh, touches on issues of things like identity, where the money is going to come from, as well as 
what are we going to do to to fill the time? There's this sort of gnawing existential vacuum that I'm surprised that 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 it's been harder to fill and more encompassing than I expected. And Karen, you retired, if I remember correctly, two years before Steve. And when Steve retired, you both jumped right into a travel adventure together. Tell us about that experience. Yeah, that was different. (laughs) Right. And it was something that we had planned. The adventure was, I retired on a Thursday afternoon and at 7 p.m. they cut off my email. At 4 a.m., 4 o'clock the next morning, we wheeled our tandem bike out of our garage, loaded with sleeping bags and tents and cooking stuff, everything we needed. And we rode out to the beach and then turned left and rode down to San Diego along the Pacific coast. And then we turned left again and rode across to St. Augustine, Florida. It was roughly 4,000 miles, 68 riding days with lots of 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 breaks. Why we did it was we had known that we wanted to start our retirement together doing something, something adventuresome that we knew we liked to do together right off the bat. And we'd known for years that cycle touring was something that we wanted to do. And this was our second trip across the country. A year before in 2021, we rode from San Francisco to Virginia. So we knew even before I retired that this is something that we really loved doing together and that wanted to do after retirement. So why not just start retirement right away doing this thing that we love to do together? And finally, it was, I knew I'm a a type that ruminates and second guesses. And I knew that if I retired and then was around the house, I would be second guessing myself and and wondering if I made the right decision. By leaving the next morning at 4 a.m., there was no time rumination and second thoughts. And we were on the road, riding down the coast in this glorious country that we live in. And so I really didn't think about working for a long time. And we didn't really follow the news a whole lot. And I did start worrying about finances when I started hearing about interest rates, about inflation. And so we got on a little Zoom call on my iPhone with our financial planner in some little town in Texas. Mm-hmm. And he assured us that, no, it's not going to be any problem for you. You're not going to run out of money when you die. And so then we went all on our merry way. And it was really it was really a glorious trip. It was almost like a, a second or a third honeymoon, really. It was uh, this long period together where we could reflect and, and also have an adventure. So it basically jolted us out of our life as we knew it. Steve working and me here around the house too. And it got us face to face with people we would never have met in our daily life here in San Francisco. People like firefighter in Louisiana who opened the fire station doors and allowed us to camp in there in the fire station. And then he made his typical um, Cajun red beans and rice, which now is one of my staple meals. And we met a couple of British fellows who were retired fellows who were bicycling on a tandem bike. And the fellow in the back was blind. So people that we would never have met just in our daily life, retirees who were on the road in their RVs, traveling the country, a couple who left their, their life in New Orleans and went out and lived on the bayou and went fishing for red redfish every day and invited us into their home. So just 
all sorts of great chance meetings as we were bolted out of our, our life as we knew it. So it was a great experience to start out Steve's retired life. What a smart move. Sounds like you really get right out of the environment into something different. And as you said, it can keep you from ruminating. You've both written about becoming time affluent in retirement and needing to slow down and savor it as well as budget it. What have you learned about, about time? Well, savoring time and budgeting time. We both are definitely ones who budget our time. Much of that is because of the kind of work that we were doing, full-time work, managing full-time office work, as well as family and volunteering. You just have to really budget your time to make sure you can get everything done in the day or in the week. But now we have all this time on our hands. And so we're actually practicing how to save our time. So we're, we often remind each other, no, 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 we need to slow down. So we need to take Amtrak to travel across this country instead of flying. You know, it takes a couple of days to get across the country. Or we remind each other, let's arrive early at an event so we can have a chance to chat with people ahead of time. Or let's spend a couple extra days with family instead of flying home quickly. Or let's drive the slow route from Kansas to Iowa, taking the back roads and not going through any major cities and going on no major highways. Let's try going the slow route. So we're kind of practicing how to slow down, savor life. So those are some things that we're trying to do. It's hard. It's hard work. (laughs) Another example was when we went to overseas, we went to Algeria and Tunisia vacation. And normally we would have gone for maybe two weeks. This time we blocked out a whole month, figuring we've got the time now. Once you get there, it's inexpensive. Let's just spend more time there so we can stay places longer, relax a bit more. The thing is, it's after spending your life really saving time and budgeting time, and it's really hard to learn to sit back and spend that time. So even on our travels, we find ourselves kind of rushing from one point to another thinking, and then we can get to another point instead of lingering and tearing. And when we're bicycling, we kept telling ourselves, why are we spending 70 miles? Why not stop at 50 miles or 40 miles? So it's been a little hard, as Karen said, adjusting to having the time and learning how to spend it in ways that are that enrich our lives rather than squirreling it away for later use. So we're still working on that. Yeah. Another interesting piece you brought up in one of your articles was about identity. And that's really getting to letting go. It's a part of retirement. And what's it been like to let go of the identity each of you had from your work? And how would you describe yourselves now? Yeah, I think that it goes back to what I was saying about the elephant leaving the room, really, for ever since kindergarten, we've had some sort of identity tied to this external determining force. But beyond that, I worked at the Wall Street Journal for 38 years and in journalism all that time. And it was such a determining force that stepping away from that left this vacuum in in my own identity, I think. We wrote in the article about how I have this notification that comes up on my phone right before 9 a.m. every Monday that reminds me to join the conference call for my group's meeting at the Wall Street Journal. And I haven't worked there for more than a year. 
And I somehow can't turn that off because it reminds me there's one little vestigial connection to my old identity as a journalist and the people that I worked with and the the work that we did. It's it's hard for me to, to separate from that. And and I look around and I'm a little envious of other retirees who seem to have switched over into a new identity, whether that be grandparents or whether that be whatever their identity is. So I find that I still need a professional identity. And for 40 some years, I was a teacher, kindergarten through fifth grade, as well as being a teacher educator, teaching teachers at the university level. So I need to have that identity, but there are parts of it that I'm so glad I have let go. Just yesterday at church, two different people came, approached me and asked my opinion, some professional kinds of things. Curriculum for children, one of them was asking about, and for another, how to encourage more young people to come to San Francisco to work. So they both asked me to help them brainstorm how to sort of a plan of action. So I appreciated being asked my expertise, but I also was so thankful that they did not ask me to be on a committee because Mm -hmm. that is what I really do not miss at all, the committee work. But the difference now is that I'm choosing my own identity rather than having it be given to me in my job description. So one thing I'm doing now, I'm expanding my creative kind of an identity. I'm doing a lot of uh, textile arts. So in doing that, I'm, I'm expanding my identity to include that. So one cool thing about retirement is that we can develop our own job description and our own identity. And I think that everybody needs an identity and something that defines them. And in retirement, it can be fluid. It can change, which is really wonderful. Adjusting to that, though, again, is a little, can be a little hard. We hear this from other retirees that probably to access our culture, at least for those of us in the professional world, we tie our identity to our job. And so you go to a party. Well, what do you do? Well, I'm a journalist. I'm a teacher. I'm a lawyer. Now, what do you do? Well, I'm retired. Somehow that seems too generic and sounds like, well, I'm out to pasture. So well, what did you used to do? Well, I'm a journalist. And then you start sounding like, you know, grandpa reliving the glory days or something. We've tied our identities so much, probably too much to our, or I have tied my identity too much to my profession at the expense of, of this broader identity that I need to be shifting into now. And that carryover raises another topic that you wrote about productivity, the challenge in relaxing in retirement versus needing to stay productive. And you wrote about even being competitive about keeping up. How's that going? How's that evolving? Yeah, we're pretty competitive. And I do remember that day when Steve came up early up to the room early in his retirement and listed all the things that he had accomplished. But you were sick in bed. I was sick in bed. We have had that conversation for many, many months. But I have to say, so Steve and I aren't that competitive in terms of what we accomplish each day, but I have to say anymore, but I have to say that I do have a competitive side and now it comes out with my siblings. So I have four siblings and we have monthly Zoom calls 
where we share what's going on in our lives. And two of my siblings are retired. And that's when this competitive nature rears its ugly head. Who is the healthiest and most productive among us? (laughs) It is, we have a little competition going there. I think one thing that happened was when I, so we went on this long trip and then we got home. And so that's when things really started. And I had all this deferred maintenance and projects that I went into gung-ho and I spent a lot of time bustling around the basement and fixing things and organizing things. And then we went on our trip overseas and we came back and I'd kind of lost my mojo in terms <laughs> of, of, of scurrying around and fixing. So I still work down in the shop and do things, but the rush was kind of off. And so we don't really compete as much. If anything, I'm kind of envious at how much, how many things Karen has queued up for her day. And I'm sitting around the house wondering what to do next. (laughs) We do spend a lot of time marveling at how much we got done when we were working, particularly when we had kids. And we're thinking we got not a lot done today. How did we possibly do that back when we were working? So maybe we're savoring our time. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. Definitely sounds that way. I appreciate that. So what do you know now about retirement that you didn't know when you first started writing about this? Well, for me, it sort of goes back to what I was saying at the beginning about this vacuum. And it's probably the hardest thing for me right now when we're not traveling is adjusting to being at home with an open schedule. So in the past, home was a place that was a respite from from work. It was a respite from school. You didn't I didn't spend a whole lot of time thinking, well, what should I do at home? Now there's this sort of yawning chunk of time at home when I realized I haven't really learned just to be at home. And I probably should have queued up more activities before we retired, before we left on our trip, some, some volunteering gigs, maybe a part-time job, maybe something so that I had a bit of continuity rather than sitting around wondering, well, what do I need to do next? So um, I always thought of retirement just as wishing, well, retirement was like freedom, freedom from the, from work. I mean, I always loved my work, but it was, there are things that I was irritated about. So I saw retirement as freedom from work life. But what I've found is that retired life, we still have every single part of life. I mean, you still have to consider your health, your safety, finances, food, all of your relationships. What kind of a person are you? Kind and charitable. Being curious, like, am I still being curious and learning new skills and information? That all the travel that we do, it still fills our days. And am I getting enough sleep and rest? So all these different aspects of life we still have to consider it all. And it's, it's all part of retirement. And so retirement can be rich and varied. And at this point, I would never want to go back to the frenetic work life that I once had. This retired life is a good life and that's full and varied. But it's not sitting under a cabana drinking a, no. a Mai Tai every day either. There's <laughs> a lot of, of unexpected tasks that confront us. Absolutely. An occasional cabana, but not. (laughs) (laughs) So if someone listening is preparing for their retirement, what's one piece of advice you'd offer them? 
Well, we are definitely not an advice column here, (laughs) but just thinking through this whole consideration before retiring, I think it's really important to make sure that you have a very rich life outside of work. Relationships that are not based just on work, volunteer work, interests and passions to pursue, all of that is what we will be relying on during retirement. So making sure that we have a rich and varied life outside of the work life. That's the advice I would give. Before I give my piece of advice, I'd just like to to play off of what Karen said about doing things before retirement that you want to essentially continue on doing, having a rich life before and after. And that's if, if you have a partner, make sure that some of those rich life interests before you retire include your partner. Make sure you're already doing some of the things you want to do in retirement together and know you can do them together before you retire. And that's our, it comes back to our bicycle trip, for example, that we knew for a long time that we like to bicycle together. We proved that we like to do it on one uh, cross-country trip. And so after we retired, retired, we could fit right into that. And not only long-term trips, but we just do a lot of biking together. That was one thing that was contiguous. Another thing we wrote once about our caves and how we have our retreat spots in the house. Karen's is upstairs in my in her sewing room and mine is downstairs in the workshop. Well, those were things that we had built up over the years. We knew that we liked to be in those places apart and that that was going to be a, a big part of retirement. And so that was a contiguous and continuity that we had. My point would be a, a fairly practical point, which is make sure you have a financial planner whose calculations you trust. I'm one who worries about money, which we wrote about. We worry about running out of money, worrying about uh, not having saved enough money. So get a financial planner, trust what your financial planner says during the first year so that you can ignore those little voices saying there's danger ahead, there's toil and trouble ahead. And you can use your financial planner to help navigate all the questions like Medicare and savings and charity and not worry about those little voices warning you that you're going to run out of money. All great advice, even though your column is indeed not an advice column, but appreciate those. <laughs> very, 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 very practical, very useful. And one last question, if I could, what's one thing you're looking forward to in year two? Ah, well, we're going to be doing more biking. Basically, our years are our first 12 months of my retirement, literally halfway we're traveling, either between our bike trips, our trip to Algeria, traveling to be with family. And so we have some big blocks of travel. One of them is we plan to spend this next summer in Japan's northern island of Hokkaido, where I grew up. And we're going to be taking that map in the back there. Uh, We'll be taking our bike over and biking around. So that's one big adventure that we plan for next year. And another thing is we're both, we both have a goal of being a little bit more at home, being at home. So just settling into time at home and exploring things to do here in the house, but also here in the city, taking more advantage of the wonderful museums and all sorts of things that San Francisco has to offer, which we did not have time to do when we were full-time working. So thank you for sharing those. And thank you for making the time for this. I look forward to continuing to following, following your writing. 
great points that you make and continue to follow your journeys. And thanks for sharing your wisdom with us. Thank you so much, Joe. Yeah, thanks for having us on. Time for takeaways, actionable ideas you can add into your planning for your next phase. Number one, how will you start your retirement? I thought it was really compelling to listen to Steve and Karen talk about their plan when Steve retired, Karen had retired two years earlier, to kick it off the next day, the very next day, by riding bikes, a tandem bike cross country. While that might not be your choice or how you want to start your retirement, it does raise the question, how will you start your retirement? And a few things I like about their approach is, number one, they found something that they had done before. And they knew they liked, and they knew they liked to do it together. Number two was adventurous. And number three, it sounded like it combined both being active and time for relaxation and recharging. So I think there's some key elements to factor into thinking about how are you going to start yours? Number two, sticking with the biking analogy, how will you shift gears? Apologies for that one, but in reading their monthly pieces in the Wall Street Journal and in listening to them today, it occurred to me that that's one of the things that was important is how do you shift from work mode after a long career to this new phase? And they talked about two things that, that sounded key to me. One being, what do you do with the need to still feel like you want to be productive? And how do you moderate that, channel that, leverage that in the most positive, productive ways without it becoming too much of a driver and, as I shared, even momentarily competitive? And then secondly, how do you really learn to savor and budget time? A different pace. How do you go from having highly structured, busy, active day back to back to now a new pace of life? How do you make the most of that? And how do you downshift? Number three, get ready for the ID check in retirement. And no, not an ID card, but your identity. Who will you be in your retirement years? And I think in reading their work and also in listening to them today, what is really actionable is don't wait until day one. Get a head start. Start thinking about the next version of you while you're still in your working years. And Karen had the opportunity to create a number of act meaningful activities following her retirement. And Steve talked about, boy, I wish I had time to have done that. So think about how can you get a head start that'll start to help you accelerate your movement toward the new you, your new identity in retirement. Thanks for listening to Retirement Wisdom Podcast. Take a minute and browse our episodes across six seasons at our website, retirement.com. And you can also find there a number of very short book reviews of what I think are the best books in retirement. Some will surprise you because they're not necessarily specifically about retirement, but they're about life and very applicable in this next phase. Thanks for listening.